Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Lincoln. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen. You also can watch us, FlowTrack.org slash Podcast. Although the background hasn't changed for a while on Lincoln's. End. Although, is that a new picture, actually? Now that I now that I look at it, do you have new artwork behind you, no. Lincoln? No, it's the peaches. Oh. It's peaches. We're okay, good. It's mind. the same. I can change it soon if we want. If we're getting bored with that, I can. We can go with something else. I mean, it would be cool to have something running themed behind you that you switch out based on the season mm-hmm. or the meat or the latest whereabouts failure. There you go. Um, just a giant question mark, perhaps. <laughs> that I can do that. Um, <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen San Diego, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Uh, or insert athlete's name. Yeah, I could try to work that up. It's not really the style of my wife's art, but we'll see. You know, mm-hmm. she creates art solely for the pleasure of those who watch the show on our website. So I know <laughs> she'll be interested in in, uh, in that. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing good. Had a good Thanksgiving. The vegan turkey was very good this year, Kevin. I know you were concerned about that. You were wondering mm-hmm. how it was going to taste. It was delicious. It was... It, it, uh, Lived up, lived up to expectations, and no turkeys were harmed in the Shrike household uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So that's always good. And uh, we put up our Christmas tree as well. I don't know where you're at with that, but um, we 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 picked ours up, and uh, it's looking good. Yeah, my fatherhood game is strong this year. Tree is up, although I didn't have much to do with that, but Christmas lights are up this year and Christmas decorations oh, yeah. on the outside of our house, Same. which first time ever putting up lights because I'm a homeowner for the first time. And with mm-hmm. that becomes all sorts of new responsibilities. So I actually kind of felt some pride when I was the first person on the block with some, first not person. serious lights, but significant lights with actual, yeah, like I- actual effort went into it that's outstanding i mean i i put up lights too uh it felt like a lot of work strung them all around the roof and then i have new appreciation for people who whose houses pop from a distance because i put up you know two mm-hmm. two fifty foot strings of lights on my roof and i don't have a huge house mm-hmm. put it up and i was surprised how kind of insignificant it looked you know i mean the lights look yeah. good but it's just very People whose houses, like, you walk from, you know, 100 yards away and you can see it. They're putting a ton of work into that. And I never really grasped that until this year because it was my first time putting up lights as well. So uh, I'm just glad to have survived going up on a ladder on the, onto my roof. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's all I can ask for for my first time. Yeah. No, I'm getting more and more into it now because we have a bunch of trees. So now I'm thinking, okay, can I wrap some of the trees? Can I do something with the branches? There's solar lights that I was not aware of because I'm new to this whole thing. So I don't even need to find Mm -hmm. a power outlet. I could just put it up wherever I want, really. So this could become a passion of mine. And I did not think that would be the case heading into into the holiday season. I think it's pandemic mania. I can blame some of it, it on yeah. that. It's just wanting to do something with your hands. I got to ask, do you have any inflatables in your yard? Have you gone to that level? No, no, no I'm anti-inflatables. Uh, I think they're a bit oh. tacky. Let's let's keep mm-hmm. it let's keep it classy here during during Christmas. Um, okay. Fair no, I don't, no, just kidding. People can do whatever they want. Uh, yeah. When I was growing up, two houses away from me was. The house in every neighborhood that goes completely all out and wins the award from the yeah. neighborhood association with just these really, really intricate displays. 
but it wasn't thematic at all. It was both over the top and serious with like, it had like religious symbols for the season, but also oh, wow. like Rudolph chucking a football to Santa. It had everything <laughs> you'd ever want in, in 15 by 10 yard grass lawn. It was just incredible how much stuff went into it. Yeah, maybe those people are getting deals. Like if you buy three Grinches, you get a nativity scene free or something like that. I don't know how that exactly works. Exactly. I've seen some of that in my neighborhood. You have Santa, the Grinch, Rudolph, nativity scene, the whole nine yards. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not there yet, although we do have an inflatable. The problem is we don't have an outlet outside my house, so it's just in my son's room, um, and he loves it. So, you know. What, That's what, why you what, need a solar one. You need mm. the solar inflatables. So they make solar inflatables. That's that's the key. Because yeah. I'm I'm like you, I have very little power outlet. This is great podcasting, by the way. People are super interested in my power output uh, towards <laughs> the front of my house or the sides of my house. So I have to either have to run crazy amounts of extension cords, or I got to yeah. go, you know, the the solar route. So I'm excited to see. I'll yeah. update later on mm -hmm. um, in the podcast to see how my Christmas light display is going. There we got go. a good email. We got a good email that is off topic, but on topic at the same time, anything having to do with Springfield, Missouri is automatically going to get read in yep. the A block on this show. That's just the rules. That's just the way things work on this flow track podcast. Uh, Justin wrote in to say, Lincoln would be glad to know that despite the Springfield Turkey trot getting canceled, a group of about 40 runners got together and did it anyway, unofficially with local celebrity Ned Reynolds yelling the word bang to start the race. <laughs> and he says, the so he says he heard about it from Ned himself on a local radio show today, uh, listened to the Turkey Trot podcast. He says, on the way to a real live Turkey Trot in Ozark, very inspirational. Yeah, so, that's in that's incredible. I, I can't, it doesn't sound like Justin himself did the unofficial Turkey Trot, which is good. I mean, 40 people getting no, together. No, he went to the I one in Ozark. Yeah. He went to the one in Ozark. I guess, yeah, Ozark's with, a town over. With Marty, um, the yeah. Marty Bird classic i think is what it's called <laughs> <The market. laughs> yeah it, it finished burnt. in poppy yeah. fields uh it finished yeah, in exactly. poppy fields um burnt down poppy fields um that's incredible i'm just glad to have had any hand in inspiring people just with mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. the turkey trot um it's good to hear ned is still a source of information in the sports world in Springfield. I know Ned has <laughs> been retired from his sports desk at KY3 for a number of years, but still on the radio, still a, still just a, a treasure in the Springfield, Missouri area. I'll try to bring some local Springfield, Missouri flavor. I don't live there anymore, so I can't always, you know, I'm not the, I'm, I don't have the ear on the ground. I'd just be hearing things from my parents, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I hear there there are fans out there of me giving Springfield updates, so I will try to continue continue that. I did notice we had to figure fill out a document for work, and everybody was putting in their hometown, which for me it was very difficult because well, my home is where yeah. I live currently, so I wrote Austin, but literally nobody else on the document wrote Austin, and you yeah. of course wrote wrote Springfield, and Missouri. I, I mean, right. at what age are you from where you're from? I, I thought that was it's kind a, of interesting, an interesting field good. there. It is. I, I noticed what everyone else was putting. And so I was like, mm -hmm. well, I guess this is like, where did you grow up? So that's what I did. But I mean, my hometown, mm -hmm. yeah, is now Taylor, Texas. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Taylorian, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you will. <laughs> uh, so I, that's a, that's a great question. Tricky for you. Cause you've grown up in where Las Vegas, 
mm-hmm. uh, Australia, Eugene, mm-hmm. Arizona, like, Arizona. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, I went to school in Eugene and then lived in LA for 10 years. So it's, yeah. Where am I from? Is it where I went to high school, where I went to college, where I went That's to tough. elementary yeah. school? I mean, I haven't been, I spent the most time of my life in LA, but that was after college. So does that count? And then I grew up in Las Vegas, but I haven't been there for years and don't really talk to too many people there at all. So Shout out to Justin for writing in. Shout out to Ned Reynolds for trying to out Mike Breen with a bang at the beginning. That's a bold move. He's trying to take the – I feel like he's trying to take Mike Breen's uh, catchphrase away from him a bit there with a bang at the top. I hope he said it like him too. Bang! Yeah. Um, and then there was a Mark, a Mark Jackson impersonator in the crowd that said, hand down, man down. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt oh, it. I somehow show. doubt it. We're not that sophisticated uh, out there in Southwest Missouri, but we can only <laughs> we can only hope. All right, uh, there was some running action. I know you were. Let's do it. Big into the Delhi half marathon. Did you stay up late mm-hmm. watching the Delhi half? Like I knew you would. You didn't have to stay up late. It was on in prime time, actually, in oh. the United States. But there you go. I didn't. D- yes, uh, I thought it was going to be fast. I was watching or I was paying attention to it for the unintentional comedy element, which you'd have to be a real nerd like I am to see it. But there was a chance in this race, because there were some big names here, that obviously the women's world record would have gone down, which would have made it very confusing because they've already named the five finalists for the athlete of the year. And one of those women... Ababel Yeshina, who set the world record earlier this year, if she went and did it again, but was not, you know, in that final group, that would have made it a bit strange. And I believe was did Bridget Cosguy make it to the actual start line? I know she was advertised as being in the race because she's she wasn't even in the final ten. Lincoln, uh, she dropped out uh, at, at about eight okay. k, holding her leg. She's had a busy year. <laughs> I'm not sure why she – I mean, I guess it has been nearly two months since the London Marathon, but, you know, call it a year mm-hmm. here, and I guess this little injury she picked up um, forced her to to step off. But, I mean, I, I question why she was even here. Obviously, the cash was uh, good. The winners received a very odd and arbitrary $37,000. I guess it's probably mm-hmm. – obviously, that's the amount not whatever they had – had it in uh you know indian money uh that's what it was translated down to but you know a thirty-seven thousand dollar prize in whatever currency you're using is not insignificant so maybe that was the temptation mm. i don't know um and it was also very very fast maybe Cosguy thought she could have gotten a world record as mm-hmm. and i'll apologize ahead of time that yalemeserve yehalala the winner of the women's mm-hmm. race, she ran 64.46, the second fastest time in history. She got bronze at the world half uh, last month, as did the men's winner. And here we go again. Amdawork Walalane of Ethiopia is again. He ran 58.53. So the times were fast. Maybe was not mm-hmm. the, I don't know, the the heavy hitters like Yeshana winning that we are all accustomed to and used to based on the previous marks and results. But yeah, 
it, it, it was fast. This is one of those that we probably wouldn't really talk about if it was not for the fact that there's nothing else going on. But you're right. I didn't think of it. It would have posed an awkward situation if the women's record goes down. What if Yashina, Yashina would have broken it twice in one year? Yeah. And then she's – does that aid in her position for the IAAF Athlete of the Year? Probably not. Why do they have a cutoff at the yeah. – at before the year is up should they do it like the 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 oscars and have the awards from the year prior in february these are all questions i mean mm. i think we need a complete overhaul of our system here because you mm-hmm. cannot discount delhi half marathon results kevin you can't and i'm wondering if if the the women's winner in this race yahua law deserves at least a zoom invite to the world athletics so. athlete of the year award because you have the mm-hmm. second fastest time all time, coupled with third at the World Half Marathon Championships. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good combo there of things yeah. that she's done. Now, is she behind Perez Jepchirchir? Yes, I believe she is. Yeah. Is she behind yeah. Latensa Betgade? Yes, I believe she is. But the other three that got invited, Safan Hassan, and by invited I mean virtual invite for the virtual awards. Uh, right. Safan Hassan, Yulamar Rojas, Elaine Thompson, Hurrah! Uh, you could put. Bridget Koskai ahead of all those three. I think you could put Ababel Yeshina in front of all those three. And you could even probably put uh, Yahuwah in front of all those three when you look at actually what they accomplished this year. Maybe less on Yahuwah, but more on... I mean, Bridget Koskai won the London Marathon, got second in RAK half earlier in the year. I know she got DQ'd in the hour run, but that's not enough for top five? In a year when there was real no competition, she won the only competition that there was in the, in the London yeah. Marathon. I mean, that's that's cr- that's crazy to me. Maybe she was here to prove the you know just uh, an act an act of revenge. It didn't end up working out for her. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a year where most things have gotten canceled, it seems like half marathons haven't really been slowed down. You know, we've had them in uh, mm. in uh, Prague. We did the World mm-hmm. Half Marathon Championships where every other world competition was canceled or postponed. And then we yep. have this one. So it feels like we have an outsized number of athletes trying to sneak their way in or that are getting recognition that otherwise probably wouldn't in, in, a, in a typical year for running fast half marathons. Um, well, but, nobody else showed up either in the, a lot of these other events. A lot of these other events were essentially vacant this year. Right mm-hmm. in on on the track, and we talked about it when we broke down the ten nominees. How many of them were distance runners? And we thought, well, they're not just going to only name four or five distance runners to the final. They're going to have to try to bring in other events, exactly. and then they're going to want yeah. they're going to want geographic representation too, which is why you're throwing in Rojas and you're throwing in Elaine Thompson. Her, I mean, it would, it would be hilarious if. Thompson won Athlete of the Year this year. And literally nobody in five years would look back and say, oh, 2020, that was Elaine Thompson's best year. That was the year of Elaine Thompson. That was an Thompson. iconic year. Yeah. What yeah. do she I ran, remember 2024? Elaine Thompson. I mean, she ran some some good times, and her season was incredibly backloaded, but it was it was not it was not the year that that obviously Gaday had. Jeb Chirchir, or I'd even argue Yeshina or Bridget Koskai. Not even close. Not even close. So wait, so Yeshina is not a finalist? Did I, did I get that right? So the finalists are Safan Hassan, Gede, Thompson Hurrah, 
Jep Chirchir and Rojas. Yeah. 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 Not I understand the, the geographical element of that, albeit the fact that everyone's just going to be logging into a Zoom link. But mm-hmm. I think with for all five of you know, you need to have at least like a, a puncher's, you know, you with Yeshina, you could have made, albeit a slim argument that she was could be athlete of the year. I just don't think you can do the same for Elaine Thompson hurrah, which to me hmm. should have been the edge for Yeshina over her. But yeah, I, I guess the, the the wanting to have event diversity and geographical diversity was was the the winning thing there for the the five finalists. Either that or they just were like, eh, just may, maybe we're all athletics just threw it to an intern to just hey pick five athletes. Um, make sure yeah. you don't leave out G'day or or uh, or Safanasan because they they were they were good this year. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the in a year where there hasn't been much, it felt like there should have been more consideration for a, a world record holder in Yeshina. I mean, mm-hmm. do we discount well, the half marathon? There seems to be a lot of them if we're not taking it seriously. And the fact that Elaine Thompson didn't break a world record. I mean, shouldn't the fact that a half marathoner broke a world record be a consideration? I don't know. Well, and if you're going to take world records into account, her versus Rojas, I'd probably give the edge to Yeshina. I mean, Rojas's triple jump world record was indoors. She only, she only competed in the triple jump five times. One of them, she had no mark. She won in Monaco. She won in Madrid is where she got her, her world record. I mean, it wasn't, it was a, it was a one performance essentially season for her in the same way. Okay. You want to say that about Yeshina saying she had the one world record, but she also, you know, showed up at the world half marathon championships against a a tough field. Didn't, didn't finish uh, strong because she, she failed, but I mean, world record versus world record. I'd almost, I'd almost favor Yeshina in that, in that equation. Mm -hmm. And it's not as if, if Rojas had a season where she jumped 10 times and went 10 for 10, that's one thing, but Going four for five in the triple jump, um, and only competing three times outdoors. Now, not as many opportunities. I get it, but <laughs> it's just—it's hard to—it's—it's it's hard to figure out exactly how we get to these five women. Is what I'm saying. Not exactly athlete of the year material, even in a year as weird as 2020. I don't think competing just five times. Uh, yeah, I uh, am thinking more and more it's probably going to be good day but i could see it being jeb cheer cheer but um we'll see i just think the track is a little bit more respected than the roads if we read the tea Mm -hmm. leaves based on who the finalists are i think we can probably say that uh someone who broke a track world record is going to be a little bit more favored and did so relatively recently but mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be too controversial. People have their and people they're the Rojas contingents, the Lane Thompson contingents. They're going to say they may have competed four times, but they deserve it. So, yeah, okay. So you talked about the divide between track and road, but where does treadmill fit in there, Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Because C.J. Albertson of the United States broke two ten in a marathon right. on a treadmill. Yeah, which would be a world record if he was planning on submitting it. This has been a little bit over a week ago, so we are a hair late to the news, but I was just so looking forward to Thanksgiving and all that comes with it. We we missed it last week, and we had an early week, so we, we, we are a li- little bit late to this, but in case you missed it, C.J. Albertson, who was seventh in the trials way back a lifetime ago in February, 
He's been running a lot of quirky performances. He ran a 50K on the track world record. He posts his things on Strava like most runners do. He's kind of becoming a, an urban legend in Strava just because he really goes uh, either and runs quirky records or or runs really far, really, really fast. looks like he might have an ultra mm-hmm. career if the marathon thing doesn't work out for him. But the marathon thing may work out because he ran 209.58 on a treadmill it uh, was set to the one and a half grade. So it wasn't like he was just running on it mm-hmm. at zero percent and where he would be essentially getting like a downhill pull. Uh, he set it on the correct thing. And again, if if he planned on submitting it or if it was going to be official, it'd be over a seven minute world record. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, albeit the fact that this guy is not, you know, an A-lister like, Galen Rupp or, you know, even uh, an, an Abdi or anybody like that, I think it's getting to the point where he's running 50K on the track, running 513 pace, and now he's running sub 210. I don't care if it's on a treadmill. and I don't care if he's listening to music while he's doing it, whatever. Mentally, that's ridiculous. And the time is outstanding. I mean, we freak out when mm-hmm. somebody runs sub 210, maybe not freak out, but we're excited when somebody runs sub 210 in Boston. When you're in a race, this guy was on a marathon listening to Panic at the Disco, questionable choice, and watching Community, <laughs> which I can't comment on because I've never really watched that show. Apologies. Um, I, this guy feels like he's a legit threat. Now, obviously, he missed the Olympic team, so I don't know when the when the next thing is. But when co- real competitions resume, I think it's somebody you have to take seriously in the vein of like a Scott Fobble, maybe not quite a you know, a Jared Ward yet obviously doesn't have the accomplishments, but if you can run 209 on a treadmill, you can run 209 in a real race and probably faster. So this guy is, has taken some steps up this, this, uh, 2020 season. Yeah. Your eyes pop when you see anything under 210 for an American man, right? That's just, that's been the bench benchmark for a while. Anything. Yeah. Like it's just oh okay wow like he's he's under two ten that seems to be the yeah. the sweet spot of of being competitive and you're right I don't think we should get distracted by the fact that he's running in an unorthodox way just look at that time just look at that performance mm-hmm. and you couple it with the fact that he got seventh in Atlanta not a easy course there too so he's coming at it from all different directions uh, you know he ran at Arizona State so it's not like he's completely off the radar, but maybe he's going to be one of those guys in the, in the mold of some of these other successful marathoners we've seen on men's and women's side who they weren't the superstars in college because five and 10,000 and cross country weren't the best distance for them. They're these aerobic monsters and with a little bit of training and outside of that NCAA schedule and the longer distance, they completely thrive because I'm excited to see he's running this marathon project. You said when are we going to see him? We're going to see him in a couple of weeks in yeah. Arizona and the marathon I project. Forgot. Um, I forgot. Yeah. So in addition, in, in addition to the unorthodox races he signs up for, he's sort of doing the Sarah Hall race frequency plan here, which is run mm-hmm. a lot. And that seems to be getting more and more common out there in the marathon world. Maybe the days of just two marathons a year are going to be less and less common oh. when people start, yeah, I've said that for a couple of years now, though. That's been my my take. Uh, and I, you know, you're never wrong, Lincoln. When you have takes, you're just ahead. You just you 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 got a little aggressive. So it takes a little mm-hmm. longer for you to be proven right. That's that's the that's the takesman's attitude. 
And with the money involved in the marathon and the longer distances, it just there's an incentive there to race more than the two times a year. And mm-hmm. when you see what Sarah Hall's doing, seeing perhaps what he's doing, I mean, we're talking about 50k, a marathon on track, and then a marathon on the road, all within what a couple months here. That's a lot. That's not the path that most people would take. That is, I would imagine the treadmill is a little easier to recover. Although, sure. you know, when I run five miles on a treadmill, I get off and I have sea legs. Um, mm-hmm. I think the longest I've ever done now, I'm not in the same, quite the same category as CJ Albertson, but believe it or not, but um, the longest I've ever done on, on a treadmill, I think is eight miles. And I got off feeling like I had journeyed to the moon and back and went into mm-hmm. a different dimension. So I can't imagine what it's like <laughs> to be on for two plus hours. Have you ever run longer than 10 on a treadmill? I was trying to remember. I know I've done at least 10 because one of those summers growing up in Las Vegas, my hometown, by the way, yeah. uh, your your window to run in the summer in Las Vegas is about 6, 5 a.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And if you miss it, you miss it. So I remember there was one one summer I completely missed it. And I went to the treadmill in the middle of the day. And I don't know if it was 10 or 12, but I felt like I was there for 10 years. I had Tom yeah. Hanks's castaway beard by the time I walked out of the gym <laughs> at the apartment complex. It was a it was a voyage. And you're right. Yeah. Sea legs were were present. It feels longer. People are wired differently, though. I've talked to people who said, oh, I can run on the treadmill, but I get out on the road. I just I can't do it. So this guy what? marches to the beat of his own yeah. drum. I know. I'm just saying yeah. maybe for him, it's it, it fits. It fits with, with his style. He he just seems like he's up for anything, which is mm-hmm. the attitude that you'd want for a marathoner uh, in this era. Just like give me any sort of weird race and distance. And I'll and I'll go for it. So I'm just That's, I'm yeah. immensely curious when he gets into a a race that has people around his ability and is supposed to be flat and fast. I am also eager as well, and I think I mean I would have to put him as the favorite on the men's side if I'm if, you know just based on recent form. He'd be he'd be my pick. He'd also be my pick. If we if we're looking to get even weirder, you know, we got people when the pandemic first broke out running marathons in their apartments around their couch. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, can this guy break three hours running around his sofa? Uh, that that's my next big thing. I think he could smash a lot of world records. I mean, the indoor record certainly is going to be there for the taking for him if he if he wants to. Yeah. Um, He's so good I, though. I, yeah. He takes it. He took a gimmick. He took a gimmick, which was a treadmill right. marathon, and the record was two seventeen. He's so good, and he made it legit. That's oh, true. Two oh nine. That's just okay. That's a great performance. So he yeah. would probably do the the sofa marathon and run two eighteen, and people would be like, "Oh man, <laughs> that can I actually did the conversion." He's yeah. That's fast. He just qualified for the that's trials. Fast. He just qualified <laughs> for the trials while making uh, while making dinner. Yeah, that's incredible. Like he's 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 that level of talent. So I'm yeah. I'm excited to see what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean certainly the was he on your the, radar? No, 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 no. I mean the the thing with the the trials, obviously, you're so focused on the top three, and the top ten was filled with kind of you know relative newcomer names. It wasn't like you know oh you know oh Fobble finished six and Ward was seventh. Those guys were back, mm-hmm. you know, and they had bad races. The top 10, you had like newcomers like, you know, Martin Hare. And a lot of people were making excuses like, oh, it's the shoes and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Um, first off, Albertson runs for Brooks, so you don't have that argument because you know they don't have any shoe technology. It's only Nike; they're the only company that has technology. Um, and, He's joking, no, folks. He's joking, joking before you email him. Um, yeah. And I, my point being, I kind of had this temptation just to be like, well, I don't know. It was a. It's just it's just one race. These guys. Just it's a weird had, year. Yeah. It was a, you know just. I, it was hard to what, know what to make of it if some of these guys that finished in the top 10 are the future of the U.S. marathon or if they were just had great performances that, that will long be will, – will soon be forgotten about. And obviously mm-hmm. with the pandemic now, there's not been the, the follow-up marathons for these guys, a lot of these guys. And so you're like, I, I don't really know what to necessarily make of it eight, nine months on. Well, Albertson's been the guy who's just been ripping away at it no matter what, and he's running so mm. fast in weird situations that you have to take him seriously. And now I expect him, like I said, to win this this marathon project, which is the first legit race that a lot of these guys are going to have at the marathon distance since since the trials. Um, yeah, if he's recovered, it, it's tough to argue against somebody who's running as fast as he is and, and is as aerobically strong. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'd love him in a race – like Boston, where it's a bit unpredictable. The weather could become a factor. The hills are challenging. Yeah. Are you familiar, yeah. Lincoln, with the term EGOT? Uh, is, it, is that the, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, in running, are we ever going to see what Albertson currently has, which is 50K, indoor marathon world record, and treadmill world record. I don't know what the acronym mm. would be. You could probably come up with something interesting mm-hmm. like treadmill indoor 50K TI5. I don't know. That's not as cool. Uh, kit, right. maybe kit. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say K for the 50K. Mm-hmm. It's anyway. Will we ever see anybody hold all three at once? Long considered the holy grail of the sport. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would say it would all it would take was the interest of a certain Elliot Kipchoge, but I don't think he's going to need to prove himself on that. He might be a little scared too, you know. This doesn't want that Albertson smoke. We might, and he may be Albertson may be the guy to do it. I think there's been people quirky enough to try, but you know, a two seventeener is not competing with C.J. Albertson. Um, he may be the guy. We got to convince him to do. You know, winter's coming up. Maybe, maybe his, if if an indoor track opens up for him, he's willing to try to go. I don't know, sub two twelve on an. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he can go faster. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how many laps that is. It's it's way too many. It's it's like uh, God. How many laps would that be? I don't even want to do the math right now. But so, it's 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 just crazy. I'm looking this up. November eleventh was when he ran the fifty k world record. So the turnaround from his 50K to his treadmill marathon was short. Now, prior to that, he hadn't been in a race since the trials, but now he's going to throw in the marathon here in December. And that's, so that's going to be about three races in a month, totaling a whole bunch of miles. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a lot, but. I think the treadmill factors, you know, he should have mm-hmm. – he, he went an extra mile on this thing too. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. I, I don't know why after 26 miles you're just completely drenched in your own sweat. None of it's cool, been cool falling down. off by wind or anything. It was a cool down. But yeah, uh, yeah, have to cool. what, what – yeah, whatever. I, I, think that, I think the proof is off of this, this – coming off the 50K that 
a week and mm-hmm. a half later, he was able to rip up a, a 209. I, I, I don't think he's going to be too affected by it. Um, so we, we shall see. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to think of this marathon project results. I mean, it could be ridiculously fast for someone like him. And I, I don't know what we do with that information, but uh, I'll look forward to it. Certainly more than I probably would have otherwise, uh, simply because he's in it. We've all grown accustomed to these races that are basically PR parties that happen mm-hmm. usually overseas in the half or the marathon. Obviously, Dubai is one of them. Delhi is one of them that you were talking about before, but that's a half marathon. And Americans are largely absent from those races. And thus, when you look at those end of the year stats where it says, of the top 500 yeah. marathon times in the year, the U.S. only has one, and it's Galen Rupp on the men's side and five on the women's right. side. And But those are a bit misleading because the course and the conditions make such a big difference in the marathon. I wonder if this marathon project is the first time we're going to get a race similar to that. Oh. And if we could finally see those big breakthrough times – from American marathoners, and maybe we see, you know, like, what if we see a couple two hundred sevens and a two hundred eight? It would be, by American standards, quite remarkable because we just haven't seen that. Now, this isn't the Olympic trials in terms of the depth, but especially on the women's side, I think you have five of the top ten women right now in the United States in that race, and on the men's side, you have enough interesting people like Albertson, like Fobble to get it going quick. This is a game that Americans really haven't played that much. So maybe this is it. Maybe we'll see some huge breakthroughs in times because they've never had this opportunity before. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm, I, you know, uh, 207 would, would definitely turn my head. I think 208, I'm, I'm a little bit too snobby. I, I'm just, I'm not going to be 208 is fine, but if you're advertising this special race, you're calling it a project, I'm going to need to be wowed. I have that expectation and on the women's side. I mean, I, Sarah Hall is going to be there. So I expect to be wowed in that race um, just because of how well she's been going. Uh, but on the but like, side, look at, if, if, yeah, go ahead. Remember that one year, it was like the deepest American trial or the fastest American trials ever. And didn't, wasn't Ritz right at 210 even or something like, I know you're, I, I know 208 doesn't wow you as compared to the times from the rest of the world. But it would be historic for the United yeah, States if you had. Yeah, and I think if you, I had, just, if you had like four I, people down there, I mean, and one of them's not Galen Rupp, and Jared Ward's not there. That would be that'd be that'd be remarkable. It would. It would. Um, I think we would still get most people calling about the shoes. That this is a this is a referendum on shoe check technology that all these people are going to PR. So we'll see how that plays out. But I can. It's not all going to be. Uh, flowers and and uh in excitement if somebody will find a way to dump on it if it is in fact well, does exceed the or live up to expectations um but yeah i i don't know i don't i won't know what to think of it i am if if, if i'm being honest i'm hoping it's kind of the coming out party of cj albertson as a legit like next wave i know he's already 27 so by next trials he'll be over 30 but Kind of hoping to see something that validates what he's been what he's been doing and showing that he's taken this massive step since finishing seventh at the trials. Yeah, I just 
if you pull up a li- an all-time list for U.S. men in the marathon, yes, you have Hall up there and Canucci, but then it very quickly gets into the 208 range. <laughs> very, very quickly, right? I mean, you have Rupp up there yeah. as well, too. But I'm looking at here. I pulled one up. Oh, this is from 2015. But this just gives you an idea. So this is before Rupp's run. But the 10th best time ever by an American as of 2015, male, 209.27. 209.27. Yeah. At, you know, Ritz was three here at 207.47. Meb's 208.37 was fourth. So if you had people run 208 from this list, from this list that we're seeing, again, which does yeah. not include – does not include Galen Rupp, does not include Jared Ward, does not include Jake Riley, includes some good runners, but a lot of guys in the 209, 210, 209, 210, 211, 212 range. If you had some of those folks running 208, it would be it would be in, in, incredible, I think. It would be, yeah, historic based, you know, on U.S. times. I guess I'm just one of those guys that's long since given up at looking at the U.S. lists because it's just depressing and just because, yeah. uh, you know, I think – if 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 no, but it's, if some of our best runners went to the marathon early, we'd have much faster times. It's more of a, as you know, it's more of a a situation where most most of the best runners stay on the track until they basically can't go anymore, and then uh, and then go to the marathon. We were fortunate with Galen Rupp that he went. He didn't even come to the marathon early. He just came to it. When his track career was done, unfortunately, he still had some juice left. Most of these people are either college, you know, college guys that were good but not great and didn't have any opportunities on the track. I mean, weren't going to make any noise on the track, so they go had to go straight to the marathon. Or you had guys like Albertson who didn't make much noise in college relative to the guys he's competing against now and has grown as he's left the college program and that maybe you know added on miles. So we, it's not like we're obviously you know this. It's not like we're getting Lopez Lamont. Bernard Lagat, Eric Jenkins, those guys like that at the peak of their career going to the marathon like the African countries are. So that's why we're in this predicament that we're in where we're looking at 209 and being, you know, gobsmacked like it's some historic performance. Um, yeah, but what I'm saying I, is I'm saying they haven't had the op- – it's a, it's a combination of things. Yes, that plays a it role is. in it too. But it it's is. also they're not, yeah. running those, they're not running those types of races because when the Americans do show up at the Olympics – I'm talking about the men here because the women obviously – it speaks for themselves. They got major marathon wins uh, all over the place and, and fast times. Yeah. So I'm speaking pr- primarily about the men here. But you had Rupp get a medal. You've had Meb uh, win majors and get a medal. You had Jared Ward get sixth at the Olympics. So when the when yeah. they're all in the same race together, um, Americans can do well. Americans can can do well. But and part of it is. Right, they're not showing up to these races. This race seems more built in that mode of let's see how fast we all can go. But that is a rarity for Americans. So I think we could have it some is. people run really fast. And I'm saying, if you say, "Oh, this 211 person got in this race and ran 208," obviously some people are going to say shoes, but other people like myself and probably like you are going to say, "Okay, yeah, that maybe you know part of it," but also. They've never had this opportunity. So then you say, well, what ha- what would happen to Jared Ward if he was in this race? What would happen to, uh, you know, if Rupp was in this race? Then you'd see that other, you know, jump forward. Because if the people yeah. in that second tier are running that fast, you'd have to assume that other folks could go a- and make big jumps in PRs too. That's all I'm saying. 
hundred percent. I yeah. just think rooting, keeping f- a focus on the U.S. marathon scene, U.S. men's marathon scene, is a bit like rooting for the Cleveland Browns every year. You know, you just like, why do I continue to put the bag on my head and act like I'm interested in a sub two ten? Uh, that's 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 the only thing. Uh, it's just I've it's. I don't mean to say that the no, men's but- marathon in the U.S. is a joke. It's just tough to take it too seriously because the chances of are just so few and far between. You know, we're hoping for. By comparison, when you're like, oh, we have the 1500 Olympic reigning Olympic champion on on the track, and we have the best 800 meter runner in the country, to be like, maybe we can get top five at a major this year is is obviously it's different with Rupp, but it, it or maybe we can run sub 209. It's just tough to be like, I I can't, I'm not that desperate of a yeah. fan for the men's marathon that I get would get excited about. I mean, it would take someone running 206, 205 at this for me to. But be that's like, what I'm saying. But that's but that's where it leads is what I'm saying. It starts right. with a, a run like this, a, a performance like this from somebody who's not sure. in the top tier to run that sure. fast. It's, I'm just, I'm just, I think the Browns comparison is a little harsh because it's, a lot of this is just the opportunities. It's, it would be one thing if the Americans were going to the majors and getting drilled all the time, but they're not. Like Fobble has held his own in majors. Ward yeah. has held his own in majors. Like when they when they are running toe to toe, you put Kipchoge on a pedestal, obviously. But Ryan Hall held his held his own at majors and did well. Did he win three yeah. gold medals and, and a bunch of majors? No, but he's he's up there with them. When you just look at those end of the year charts, I think it's just really misleading because you think, well, the Americans are a complete non factor, and they're and, yeah, and they're not. Is. They're there, and even on their worst day, what are they? They're in a they're in a group of countries after Kenya and Ethiopia that includes a whole bunch of other countries. So, okay, yeah, they're not as good as the top two, but they're in there with everybody else, like right there mm-hmm. in the mix. And on a good day, they, they, can, they can compete for medals and major championship wins. So I don't we think it's as dire as you're making it out to be. Yeah, maybe not. I and mean, it's a little bit extreme. But we'll, we're putting a lot of pressure on this marathon project. It better live up mm. to our expectations. If I see a 2-11 winning time and people are <laughs> celebrating me, we got we to gotta, no! hit the standard. We hit the standard and it's just like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's more of what I'm talking about is like the difficulty of a lot of guys to hit, hit the standard. I mean, that, that's was kind of, you know, tough to swallow and, 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 and tough to, tough to view. I mean, it's still on in the, in the grand scheme of things. Yes, you're right. It's, there are some, some of this is the limited opportunities, right? Um, but other parts of it is still the same. It's Galen Rupp and a whole bunch of other guys. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. just it's just some dudes. I mean, he's the only one that's going to be competitive right now with the 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 big East African contingent up front. So, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, that's better than we've had previously. Uh, you know, yeah. at least. I, I yes, I realized Meb was there, Dathan for a bit, Ryan Hall for a bit, but so I get you could argue there's always been one guy, but. Um, I don't know. would like to see more than one guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is the possibility exists because when I see a guy break 210 on a treadmill and is mm-hmm. going to show up and run this fast race with a bunch of other guys who have run around his pace, I have reason for optimism that we're going to see some breakthroughs. That's all. And Absolutely. I could – you're right. I could be wrong. We could go back into the land of – the winning time is two ten forty five, and then second place is two eleven seventeen, and then I will be a you know be proven incredibly wrong. But I, I at least the possibility exists because 100%. usually that that top tier they're a little more spread out, 
Uh, maybe the course isn't as quick. I mean, if 2020 is our guide, they'll probably have horrible weather. It'll start snowing in Arizona the morning of the race. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And there'll be a 30 mile an hour wind just in the, somehow in their face the entire time, even though it's a, it's a loop course, just following them <laughs> around. Let's hope not. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. That the weather is ideal. All right. We'll leave it there. You and I are hosting again tomorrow. So we're going to talk about, we got some stories for tomorrow. We're going to talk about Killian Jornet. We're going to go deep into the ultra scene this week. Lincoln really, oh, really drilled down on that. He tried to break the 24 hour record. Um, and lasted 11 hours. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll also talk about people migrating to Flagstaff during the pandemic. I know you're going to do a report on a report about that and exactly. whatever else news comes yeah. up as well. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Any, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a whereabouts talk- case. I'm sure there'll yeah. be a whereabouts case between now and, and then uh, in the next 24 hours. So we'll have that as well. Oh, that's true. Okay. So keep it locked right here. Uh, FlowTrekPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thank you to Lincoln Shrike, whose name was never uttered, unfortunately, by the great Ned Reynolds, but I say it plenty on here. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See you.